Welcome to Pals Talks Literacy, a podcast created for Project Adult Literacy Society. In this podcast, we talk about literacy in all of its forms and the impact it has on people's lives. Today, we're talking to Sandro, someone who not only willingly shares his story with us, but also gives voice to those who want to share their stories with the world. Thank you, first of all, for coming to meet with me today. It's very kind of you. You've done some amazing and great work here at PALS, and so I'm excited to talk about that a little bit and get to know a little bit more about all the amazing things that you've been doing. So can we start with who you are and what do you do? Uh, sure thing. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. It's actually an honor, honor to be here. Talk to you, Erin, and of course, talk to the Pals um, listeners. And, you know, I'm so um, honored to be here. My name is Sandro Augusto Santos Silva. He's also, you know, as you can imagine, a long name. So I'm go, I always go by Sandro Silva, and I'll make it easier for, for everyone. And I'm born and raised in Brazil. Sao Paulo, the biggest capital or biggest city in Brazil. Uh, the capital is Brasilia, but the biggest uh, business hub it's Sao Paulo, it's over 20 million people, the great area, 22, 23, the great area, a lot of people all the time, everywhere. So I'm used to this. I'm from, you know, as I say, Sao Paulo, and when I grew up and you know, my family, friends and everything, you know, I went to, uh, I was raising, just so I have a bit of contest, uh, I was raising this uh, environment, uh, neighborhood, uh, community called Favela, which is Lums. And a lot of people mingling together, like, you know, we share walls and, you know, alleys and everything. It's kind of claustrophobic if you see from afar. But in there, yeah. of course, everybody is lovely and then you can share accordingly, right, what we have and everything. So then, of course, uh, lucky enough, I got a, you know, mentor that opened up a possibility to work in his law firm age of 14 years old. Then moving up i became uh, i studied law i became a lawyer i was the first one of the first from my very community to achieve the you know high level education university um if my family i was the very first and you know i think there was a, a inspired a lot of friends of mine a lot of you know all youngers coming after they actually now successful and everything we had talked sometime that i was somehow the role model for some time of course so that's how I became a, a lawyer in Brazil. And, and uh, yeah, so my very first case, I was helping some you know, friends and families with their struggles and you know, legalities here and there. I became the to-go guy in the community. And of course, uh, I always had this uh, you know, desire to help people and because I was helped, as I say. Uh, I, I was part of, I took advantage of this uh, NGO service that was provided for us back then and it's still providing over 40 years for 1,000 kids. I was one of them. So I really know the, the power of uh, assistance and uh, helping others, one another and everything. So that's how I grew up. That's how I, I actually, I, I sensed myself. I, I found myself afterwards and I it. So moving on, I was, 20 something and I already work as a lawyer and in this law firm, I decided to move a little bit. I always, I was always interested in literature. 
So I was thinking about uh, study international law uh, to, to understand better the international relations, you know, um, politicians and all those things I always was interested about somehow change the, the system. I was thinking, I was curious how to change the system somehow with my very own power, right? Um, you know, book or, or, you know, as a lawyer now helping small kids here and there make a difference locally and somehow impact it globally. So I went to London, UK uh, to learn English and two years later, I moved back to Brazil. I studied my postgrad international law. Then I started to look around for another position and I found this law firm that dealt with uh, intellectual property and I was hired to the copyright sector. And then I started to look into draw contracts um, regarding to the film industry. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I always loved the, you know, arts in general. And I was like, oh, okay. I always knew, but I never had my hands in these contracts before. So I was right. like something that I really appreciated. And then actually that triggered something within myself. Okay, now I was already uh, married to someone who had experience as a journalist, already starting as a documentarist. Uh, filmmaker herself, um, you know, in Brazil. And uh, despite we met in London, we moved back to Brazil together. And uh, she had, she needed some help here and there. And these legalities and everything. I was always there to help. And then eventually right. we decided to combine our effort together. She was the creative side. I was the bureaucratic side of it. And as a lawyer, I could provide the basic uh, contracts, and then she could just go adventures and film and be creative. That's how okay. we actually started, combine our efforts. And, and then, of course, we started to uh, provide uh, production services for those uh, companies um, going to Brazil from overseas. And to be, in order to film in Brazil, you have to hire a local company to be responsible for, for you when you're in Brazil, filming in Brazil. Um, and then I kind of became like, no expert, but kind of used to those uh, companies and production companies in Brazil. And then I got to learn from them because they were so good. They came from, you know, Google team. They came like a producer for Netflix, producer for, you know, all big players. They have those producers and they send them to Brazil. And then I was then, I was in Brazil helping them. They learned from them. So, and then- I, mm. Sorry. So when they came and they had to hire a company that was in Brazil, were you the company that was hired or did you work with the companies in Brazil? Uh, I was, yeah, that's a good question. When the uh, international production company contacted us in Brazil, I was already um, with my company, like uh, working. So right. our company was already uh, operating when the international producers contacted us. And, and, but our service was, as I, as I say, our service was uh, production services. Basically, uh, they needed, let's say, to interview someone somewhere. We actually contact that person and then we make that situation happen. We provide a translation, we provide the logistics and here and there. And then we got to learn more and more and more, right? Bigger okay. budget, bigger project. And that's how we started our own small project. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You said that you started working at the law firm when you were 14? 
Yeah, I started at the age of 14 years old. It was my very first uh, formal job, even though I used to, when I was 13, 12, 13, I used to sell ice cream on the street. In Brazil, it's very common, uh, sadly, but it's still happening. I was, you know, helping my family bring food to our table, right? So I was out there uh, helping my family. We were six, six, six kids, single mother, and right. the situation, um, challenging situation. We faced food insecurity for years, and I was up there ready to help. So 14 years old, I was hired as a, uh, they call here gopher, like a, like oh, office, you just kind of get coffee and office boy. Like you go to coffee, you go to the bank as well to pay the bills. You carry your money at times. You know, it, it is responsibility right on like a 14 years old. But I love that. I love that because they help me to get more responsibility right away. Get my own money to spend in my soccer. I love this, those things. So that provided me some sense of dignity, right? right. Even though working there early age, but uh, I was thinking like, oh, I can, I can still help provide. I was like, it was a sense of power to me. Like, you know, I felt like, okay, I, I can help. And, and, then, and then of course, later on, I, I went to law school and then I moved to a law intern and I started to learn the technicalities and everything uh, and everything within the law firm as well as going to law school. Right. Then I moved straight after from an intern to a lawyer, a junior position. And then I worked for a couple of years and then, and then I move on. I just, uh, it, it was, you know, work-wise, best time of my life, the best law firm, everybody we still contact these days. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it actually, you know, I, 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 I entered as a 14 years old boy from a favela you know, expecting nothing but the next or the first paycheck, the, the next and the next, then actually sped up uh, out my imagination, my possibilities. I could see the world in different perspective. I started to read books and books and books and books and books. And that by encouraged by my mother, who was illiterate, she always say, go to school, do your thing, because you are a black man in Brazil, you won't get, you won't have any chance. Uh, I don't want you to, to to work as a you know, you know. Uh, they always every single job and you know it's it has its dignity and everything. But yeah. if you if you could move on, if you could become a doctor or lawyers, architects, why not? Right? And so that education provides that ability to. The, the education is the our uh, only and the most powerful tool, right? We we raising these very. Uh, rather uh, tough environment. I've seen, I've lost a lot of friends along the way, you know, a yeah. um, lot of friends along the way. And I miss them very much. And then I, I've, and I know for a fact that what saved myself was literacy, was going to school. Even though I wasn't the best student, I didn't love school anyways, but somehow I succeed because I persist. Okay, I'm going to stay because I'm going to, I have to stay. And then once high school ended, I gonna go somewhere. I have to go somewhere. You know, I was just, you know, I had this like power in my mind, like, okay, go ahead, go to the next, because that's the only way. So when you went to London and you met your partner, 
Was that for school or was that when you were working as a lawyer? When I went to London, I was working as a lawyer in Brazil. And when I went to London, I went because poorly, because I was um, thinking of learning English. Right. Then moving back to Brazil and applying to my international law course that I was already thinking of in the very first place. So okay. the, the timeline, the time frame, right? There was two years in London. And then that's how I, that's what I did. Um, I stayed just uh, over two years and I just moved back uh, to Brazil. Uh, but while I was in London, I, I met my uh, partner in that. And I moved first and then uh, she uh, moved with me after a couple of months. And then we started life in Sao Paulo. And I, fi I started and finished my postgrad in international law in Sao Paulo. Yeah. And then we moved on. We, we actually, then we actually worked in Rio de Janeiro. We lived in Rio de Janeiro for four and a half years. We covered the, uh, the big games, World Cup, FIFA World Cup, Olympic Games. We covered the prep, we covered the games they sell it, uh, itself. And then we also covered the post games, Paralympic, everything. It was great uh, experience great as well. Exciting. Yeah, that was very exciting. A lot of people all over the place, all over the world. Brazil was, you know, in the eyes of the, you know, the entire globe for a couple of years. And then we were just uh, celebrating. That's amazing. And, yeah. When did you come to Canada? I moved to Canada uh, in 2017, July 2017. Um, before I jump into this, when we moved to Brazil together, my partner and I, even very early on, we stated that we would eventually move to Canada sometime in the future. Oh. So that was, that was kind of plan. Like, okay, let's go move to Brazil. Very early on, she said, I don't think I can stay here forever. Brazil is great. Uh, but if you live in Brazil, it's challenging. Right. There are a lot of situations that I can keep talking for hours and hours, but long story short, Brazil is not an easy place to live. Okay. And despite being my you know, beloved country, and then I still and I will come back one day. Now we decided early on that um, we come to Canada later on. Um, but why, why did you pick Canada? Because she's Canadian. She oh. she she's Canadian, she's from Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada, and that's the reason I immigrated. Uh, to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada in 2017. It was just before, just after Canada Day. I remember seeing a lot of flags when I arrived. So what's going on here? And then she told me, oh, that's Canada Day. It was just there or two ago. I said, okay. And I got to learn about Canada history right there, <laughs> and which was interesting. And and um, yeah, so it's it's been coming up five years now. And a lot of good experience so far, a lot of um, to tell, to still to learn, and adventures as well. And in Canada, once we, I immigrated, um, I, I had no Canadian experience. Uh, so despite being a certified lawyer in Brazil, and I had to somehow, uh, not somehow, but effectively, uh, immediately uh, find a job in different sector and as well as I did in London, I worked as a bartender 
uh, here okay. uh, in Edmonton. Then I moved up as a manager and, and et cetera. But two years after and just before the pandemic hit, um, I started looking to going back to my company, the, 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 the business and the love or the work we were allowed to do, which is uh, storytelling, which is the filming. And then, you know, I, we just uh, had my, our company incorporate in Alberta and now is officially operating. And we are f filming, we are delivering projects, we are delivering a couple. We are, you know, applying for funds and we are taking part of this society. We are showing, we are sharing, we are learning. Um, and then Canada um, has been so far a place that, frankly, I never, even growing up in my very, in favela, I never imagined it would be living in Canada one day in my life. So <laughs> here I am um, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. When you grew up in Brazil, did you know about Canada? Did you have any idea of what Canada was like? Did you just think it was cold? That's what I assume everyone in every other country thinks Canada is. Growing up in Brazil, I didn't pay attention to, um, to Canada that much, to be honest, um, because first and foremost, lack of information uh, that came to us and through those uh, media outlets, uh, right. I couldn't. I couldn't find for myself. Find out for myself until later on in my life. Uh, but when I did, first it was about the games here, right? The IC and everything. It's like, oh, the video games. We uh, when I get a chance to get a video game, I got to play these games that only played in you know on the ice and stuff. So hockey. So that was like first thing. Okay, I like it because we have to score, right? It's like a soccer. We have to put the sticks on your hands and like, all right, I like yeah. it. So um, it's something like that. The, I, I, I always, I mean, as I say, like when I got a chance to learn the Rocky Mountains as well, like the beauty of it, like, wow, those blue lakes, and wow, that's kind of the, okay. And of course about the cold, like here, like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's a place I never, I want to go, <laughs> here I am. And, <laughs> and uh, frankly, I had the story to tell back in, my very first time I visit Canada, I visit my partners, um, family and friends here for my very first time, 2012. So it was a certain situation for me because I was debating whether going to, or, uh, to Japan to follow my soccer team in the uh, no, soccer tournament, um, uh, you know, World Cup, FIFA uh, team World Cup. And my yeah. team, my team was playing in the semi-final. In the final, we actually won, by the way. But I was planning to yeah. go. I was like so, so expensive. I, I, but I was like, I have to go because we are so really, really, really crazy about our beloved Corinthians um, team. So, so many people, like uh, let's say 20,000 20, people, flew from Brazil to Japan. Like it was amazing. Wow. So I was, yeah, it was. Yeah, you can check it out. It's something <laughs> unbelievable. You really Google YouTube, you see it. So um, basically, I was trying to be one of those crazy guys. So talk to my partner. She said, well, it's kind of the same amount going to Edmonton or going to Japan um, to see, you know, your team, your soccer team or my family. And I was like, okay, let's go see your family. 
Oh, good choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I came here and uh, one of those, you know, it was over Christmas. Um, oh, you came holiday. first in the winter. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was minus 24 something. And then one of those parties, because it was, you know, cold but warm inside many parties going on and christmas celebration and everything i got to meet a lot of people one of those uh, family friends asking me would you ever consider living here back in 2012 and i say nope <laughs> and uh yeah so i no, i didn't know that i would be immigrating a couple of years later or several years later so here i am with your filmmaking company now you just won an award right Yes, it, it, it is for us is the most important thing, though, is to share yeah, the story, right? right? And of course, it is a condition that is well received and everything. But we, we really want to keep up, like, um, making more and sharing more. And, and that's for us, it's, it's that gives us more uh, confidence, keep up good work. So for us, yeah. You know, it, it, we want to make it more and bigger and better, right? So we are working on that. We are about to deliver another project and three parts, um, a web doc about um, refugees here in Alberta, especially the South Sudanese community that has been facing tough times, prejudice and everything here in, in our very community, which wow. is very welcoming, but besides stories never told and then we actually helping them to share their stories and then i can't wait to to share with you and the you know the audience so we are yes. thinking ahead we're thinking about there are a lot of uh, stories to be told we have to find them so do you focus on specific types of stories in your company or do you kind of see what story you hear and what you think needs to be shared we, we do try to do both, right? Uh, filmmaking is an art and it also is a business. Right. And we have to combine those together in a craft. We have to have the tools and talent and to make it happen. And we combine, we combine, we look around, we read, we read every day. We have to read newspapers. We have to listen to podcasts, the news, watch movies, get inspiration somehow, you know? We, we write, we read the books, and you have to keep up, like, alert and uh, actively listen to what's going on surrounding us and see the opportunities out there. What inspires us the most is true stories. True stories. Right. We, love it. we love it, true stories. We are not uh, there yet to make uh, scripted, which is a way to go, right? We can combine those. We can make it uh, based on true stories. But true stories for us the, is the the bulk of what we is the our is our is our base what we love to hear and to tell is true stories whether through podcasts whether we write a book or read the books whether a lot I like to read and 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 so on uh, but uh, Portuguese now reading more and more in English sometimes people approach us um, sometimes we see opportunity out there like call out or call out for filmmakers or you know imagine filmmakers and then we pitch we pitch an idea we find an idea and then you know we we have to uh keep the lights on at the end of the day and then we have to be sure. creative awesome how did you find out about pals i find 
I, I found Paus um, when I was one of those my you know morning readings. I was I think reading or to see the journal or something like that online, and then I was like, oh, I saw like a you know a headline, it was like no headline, but saw like a, an article, and I was like, what is this? And then. I think it was about literacy and in democracy, the topic it was about. And then I was like, okay, I like it. Yeah. Something close to my heart, something close to me. And then I said, oh, I'm gonna just, I just click. And then I just read, I read the article. And I, I was oh, Paul, okay. And then of course, I mean, oh, why, what is this? And I, you know, I just check Paul's and I click and then I, I click more and I, I saw some, I, I listened to some testimonies and, I, and, then, and then I started to read more and more. Next time I see, I spend like an hour or two reading and more, and it's like, okay. And then somebody click to, I'm gonna just reach out to pause, see what happened, because I had something to, I wanna learn about, uh, learn and learn from them. And if there is any way I can participate, I would. And and I remember I reached out to uh, pause, and I guess it was Monica who replied first, and Monica, the has replied first. And then it was very organic and nice three up conversation from the very first email we exchanged. Because I, when I apply, I approach, I didn't approach, hey, how are you? I, I, I thought about it. I took um, a week or so to draw up an idea uh, because I, I realized that I could help. And then I want to present, I want to pitch basically. Yeah. An, an opportunity for for Paus and it, for me too, right? And then and and then I and I just approach, hey, I love what you do, and I love the idea of democracy, literacy, how we actually work. And then that's so true. And then and then I I am result of it. Truly, I am you know someone that just learned through my life. This is true, and I apply it. And then I still will. And then you know. Why not make a bold statements or somehow help? And then I, when I approach, I had an, an idea. We discuss over emails. We tweak here and there. And a couple of weeks later, we had like a, a workshop program. Yeah. Uh, you know, I already draw, uh, drew up, and then and then we took from there. We just we exchange a few other emails. We have another Zoom conversations, and then. And then, and then we got few people interested, and then we we started right away. You know, I was anticipating to start then, but it did, and then it was great because it just happened. And so you did that digital storytelling with some of our learners, and so getting their stories out is such an important part with how important it is to have literacy and how much literacy can change your life and how much like impact and change it can have. And I know that your learners loved coming to the class and always would come and tell me later in the week how much they were enjoying what they were learning, especially Murad, he really enjoyed that. So that's awesome that you were able to come and sort of help them learn to do their stories. Yes, it was very um, inspiring um, for me actually to learn or to go, to learn to learn and to go and learn from them. Uh, even though I was in a position to provide some guidance, content, skills, 
that uh, perhaps have already experienced before then um, in this specific topic. And but we take it as a life experience. They always have something to share, to say that I didn't know, I learned from them and everything. And 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 uh, yeah, we have some special students um, that came and then really enjoyed. Morad was one good example of how engaged a student can be. And we are planning to move on. We are planning to my next project. I'm contacting Morad to be somehow part of the project, some role he can learn and, you know, later on apply and then move on. At the end of the day, we are here to help each other. And then if I can do something to help someone, I think I can save the world. Yeah, it's um, fascinating how you can meet people at different points in your life and you find like this niche that maybe you didn't know about before or you maybe thought you'd never have the chance to work in film or to um, whatever the job may be, but then you meet someone like you and um, Murad being able to meet you and he's now super inspired to be more a part of that industry that maybe he did, wasn't sure he'd be able to get into. So it's really cool how sometimes just chance meetings or taking a class or whatever uh, opens up your world in a in a whole new way exactly exactly that's the beauty of life right we meet each other in different you know time of our own you know journey we always have something to share to learn from we are here to you know we know that yeah we, we are here temporarily why don't you we make it like as best as possible, right? Why don't we just enjoy it to others? I know life is life is tough at times and it can yeah. be brutal, right? I'm not saying let's just no no no. Let's face that as it is. What I'm trying to say is that engaging, helping each other, it's is the thing I truly believe we can live here and uh, make it this world a truly better place. Yes. Helping one person at a time. Exactly. I mean, they, 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 they exactly. That's how, how I feel because I was, you know, I, I, I could, you know, someone helped me. And, and several people helped me throughout my, my life. And I hope, I hope I could be one of those, you know, someone to be part of someone else's lives uh, for the journey to make they actually life somewhere, somehow better, give some guidance. You know, it, it is it is about as might be too much to say, but you know how, how about love? You know, how much you give is how much how much you receive, and and then it can be from a different way, right? It can be from providing these um, programs that Paul has been providing to so many people, right? This yeah. is fundamental for a community, for a society. Then I'm sure for a fact that people become, uh, have, you know, they, they can go uh, further in their career and then they can actually have more time with loved ones and they can have their, you know, better paycheck. At the end of the day, you know, we're here and we want to minimize this, the suffering. And if you can help someone to move, step up, move up, that's the way. I agree 100%. And that 
building of confidence as well is something that I saw a lot in your learners from throughout your courses. They walked a little taller when they came in towards the end of the class, as opposed to not that they were like shrinking violets at the beginning, but they walked taller. They were excited. They were proud and they were so genuinely happy to be coming in and learning these things with you and being able to tell their story to someone who wanted to hear it, which is fantastic. Yes, exactly. And I love the expression that you say they walk taller. I can see with our confidence in that someone like, yes, I can, you know, keep talking. Because you know, it is very important to make sure that all of us have something to share, to say. Doesn't matter your background, if you can speak properly or not, you can write it properly or not, doesn't matter. And that's that's our program or workshops, our encounter, I would call meetings. Our meeting was uh, about share uh, stories. I learned a lot about them, what they like to eat back home food, you know, what they used to do and here and there and so on. And and, and that's some sometimes they don't have the opportunity to say things like that. And it's so important to have someone to listen, act, actively listen to them and say, yes, why this, why that? Because it's important. It is important. It is. We normally think about celebrities, but every single person has something and it should be able to share their own story. I agree. And we've talked about that a lot here at PALS, that there's so many stories within our walls and to be able to have some of them being showcased and shown um, is just such a gift because they deserve that as much as anyone else to be able to share what's happened to them and what's the great things and the hard things, because everybody has both. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Everybody has both. And then, you know, you know, because sometimes it's too much attention to the hard things and give the opportunity to the, the light of the sun. You know, it is actually important to flourish the the plants, the flowers, right? We need combined, we need both, we need the environment being you know able to share both sides exactly and sometimes when you get to say what your positive is and you have that person who's listening you remember the positives more yourself you actually have the opportunity to be like oh no it actually is there are good things and so to remind yourself of the positives when you're going through a hard time is always good as well yes i agree we always go through hard times at time, especially in this past couple of years, I'm sure it's been nothing but uh, challenging for everyone. We have to remember, even though it's difficult, it is very difficult at times where we came from. Then we can try to take a break or readjust. We all have our tough times and, and some people, they only face tough times throughout their lives truly they have some moments of happiness but the rest tend or oh, sadly tough times and when you somehow somehow give the someone another perspective in life and the person yes i kind of need that but i didn't know there was possible to me. I didn't know I could be a filmmaker Sandro yeah. I didn't I didn't know now I can I want to be an editor yes go for it go for it go for it 
go apply for a grant, apply for a training, apply for a workshop, go everything you see, go for it. You can do it, buddy. You're going to do it. You're going to make it. You're going to make $50 an hour in two, three years' time. I promise you, go. I mean, I, di I don't promise. You go, you're going to get it because I know for a fact that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that, and that's, that's the thing. Encourage one another. That, that's the thing. I, I'm, again, I'm still on my journey um, with my small company and everything. I'm making tons of you know, money. No. Do I have my struggles? Yes. I'm still learning. Yes. You all get that somewhere. Yes, I'm working and you know I'm doing my best and of course learning every day. And then yeah. when I when I when I say to them, I put myself as well. Look, I was here two years ago. Now I'm here. If we started, you'll be here too, and then you might surpass where I you know myself and can go further. So you can start and you can start now. And then that's encouraging. You don't need to go. And I say sometimes, you don't really need to spend $50,000 uh, loans or take loans or, or go to the, the, you know, or the great best universities. If you could go to the best university, that's amazing. But if you don't have the resource or time or anything, you can start now, you can start, you know, small. And you can start applying for grants. You can start applying to work on, on, on set as a production assistant, and then you go this and you go there. You eventually get to be known and your network increase and increase. And then next thing you see, you're gonna be in charge of this or that project. And then you might remember, oh, I remember five years ago, the guy, you know, the, uh, from Paul's that I learned from, that was interesting now, I'm here. So, and that's how we all learn. You know, encourage each other, though. That's that's the very point, right? And uh, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, at the end of the day, I am still learning from the others every single day, and you know, making uh, as making my making as a living, making my you know, company to pay for for the again for the to keep the lights on, and yeah, and and, 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 and it's possible. You know, not saying you're gonna become a millionaire. No, no, no. I was saying it is possible. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, I read something the other day on the internet that said, "Don't say no to a course that's gonna take you four years because you're gonna be four years older, regardless of whether you took the course or not, in four years." So, like, don't worry about your age. Just worry about learning and improving yourself all the time. Is kind of what it said. I agree. I remember you said that. I remember uh, early on uh, when I was going to a lot, some lot of friends. Oh, but five years too long. And I was like 18. I was like, mm, maybe. But thinking in retrospective, it's not that long. No. Uh, it goes, as you say, I would be 23, 24 anyways, Vida without my law degree. And then, exactly. Uh, thankfully, I got it. And then, uh, <laughs> okay, that, that, that's good. And then the thing is, you're never too late to do anything, anything whatsoever, like anything whatsoever. Myself, after 20 plus years, have this dream to play a musical instrument. I'm just learning now. What you, instrument you know, are you learning? I'm learning the, the Brazilian banjo. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the, the Brazilian version of the banjo we have in the North America, which was already a first created in, uh, in Africa, uh, several uh, 
countries in the African continent, then eventually brought to the southern US and then applied to all the you know, blues and etc. Then in Canada, those folks and etc. Then went to to East, its way to Brazil in the 70s, late 70s, um, by a, a late great uh, musician, Amigo Neto from Rio de Janeiro. Then he reshaped the banjo. He got banjo now has a short neck. Uh, okay. He has a, a, a he only four strings, and okay. the way we the way we stream it is different, uh, like a drum here, and then we have the harmony. It is interesting. And then oh, cool. that, yeah, I, I just I just actually I just uh uh produced a video for CBC about Virgil. I can't I can't share with you if you want. I would love to see it. I I might go back to myself, I might go back to um you know to MBA course eventually. Um as I say, I'm running a business and then I, I'm not business savvy by you know I have to get some training. So yeah. I doing what I can now. For instance, the tax season, I dealing with my account. She's like, she this guy, he's kind of, but you know, I'm doing my best because it's a lot to to juggle, juggle it. You know, I have to film, yeah. have to have to go on set. You have to get big, great filming and the audio, not filming. You have to get great image cinematic ones. And then you go have to do the uh, producing and so on. And then you have to do the business meetings, talk about numbers, and then you have to go to the bank. And then now you have to do the tax and the tax wasn't done. The QuickBooks wasn't done like as great. You have to fix stuff. <laughs> it, it, it is a lot to, and we now have a new addition to be arriving to the family addition arriving late April. So we are all over the place. Oh, wow. Exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we are so excited, nervous, and they all combined together. And most importantly, we have so much love. Can't wait. Oh, that's super exciting. I'm I'm very excited for you. Because yeah, that will be that'll be a great adventure as well. A whole other session of learning to do as <laughs> fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about learning, right? No, talk about learning. So I'm just about my biggest challenge and learning wise and uh yeah I do my we do our best to, to oh you'll do great make sure we all can one day sing a song together you betcha well thank you so so much for your time thank you very much um thank you very much Pauls. i really um i really believe what Pauls has been doing over decades it's important and should be shown and should be i know it's noticed by everybody but we shouldn't take it for granted we should make sure that people like people uh, like you people work uh, donate their times a pause they are as special as the learners we need each other to share these moments why we are here learning, you know, even though it's difficult. Uh, I remember before, I mean, as soon as the pandemic outbreak, you know, was all over the place and we thought we would be living in a better place afterwards. Seems that we're not there yet. Not yet. Uh, but we can do our best. We can do our part. And I'm sure Paul is a great, great addition to the good part. 
and yeah. I'm doing my best to be next to the good ones. And yeah, I will just thank you very much for everything. Thank you as well. You also are a great addition to the health and the good in the world. So don't you worry about that because that is fantastic. You're a wonderful person. Thank you very much. We appreciate everything that you've done for us at Pals and doing this podcast with us is pretty exciting. And I'm super excited to see your new videos coming out. The one that's coming out with the three um, sessions that you said that's going to yes, come Yes, yes, for and sure. I'll make sure I can share with you and everyone. Thank you, Sandro, for all the light that you send into the world and for all of the stories that you have told and are yet to tell. We are so excited to hear them all. This podcast was recorded on Treaty 6 territory. We respect the First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and all the First Peoples of Canada whose presence continues to enrich our community.